Our ninth lesson is from the Gospel according to John, chapter 1, verses 1 to 14. Listen now to the word of the Lord. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and without Him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in Him was life, and the life was the light of all people. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light would enlighten everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become the children of God, who were born not of blood, or of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, well, this is Christmas Eve. Right, this, is the, this is the day that we've been working for, the day that we've been building up towards. Hopefully you got it all done in time. But if not, don't worry about it. It's too late now. <laughs> Just sit back and enjoy it. Today's the day to see if the Advent conspiracy really has worked. Now, if you were just joining us, you might not know what it is, the Advent conspiracy that I'm talking about. Well, we've here been working through Advent on a conspiracy to put Christ back into Christmas. And to put Christ back into Christmas, there are four principles that we're using. The first is that we worship fully, that we give our lives to God as worship. The second is to spend less, to worry less about the money we spend and all the busyness of Christmas. The third is to give more, is to express with our life the very spirit of charity and generosity. And today, the final part of putting Christ back in Christmas is to love all. Now, you may have noticed on the bulletin that the title of my sermon is not Love All but love one another. And I've got a good reason for this. I'm not a fan of the idea of loving everybody. Now, I know it kind of sounds blasphemous, right? I mean, you're a preacher. You're supposed to love everybody. But there's a reason why I don't like the phrase or the idea of loving everybody. The first reason is actually not in the Bible. You might be surprised to know that, but the phrase, love everybody, as far as I know, does not appear in Holy Scripture. Now, I know it's still a good idea, and it, it feels good to say it, but that's the first reason. The Bible never commands us to love everyone. The second reason I don't like that phrase, the idea, is 
it's really just too abstract. I mean, who is everyone? Everyone doesn't really exist. I don't know everyone. There's like 7.9 billion people alive on this planet. How can I possibly love so many of these people that I've never met? Because no one is really everyone. I'm not everyone. I'm me. You're not everyone. You're you. Everyone is just, well, everybody else. That's everyone. Now, the third and the most important reason why I don't like the idea of loving everyone is loving everyone is too easy. It's actually very easy to love everyone because you know why? You never encounter everyone. It's easy to love this abstraction of everyone. I don't meet everyone. I don't talk with everyone. Everyone doesn't put any demands on my life. So I think it's impossible and unlikely that I will love everyone. But there is a command in the Bible about loving one another. There's lots of commands about loving one another. But God commands us to love somebody much more difficult than everyone. Because God commands that you love your neighbor. And that is a hard trick to pull off. You see, everyone is no one. Everybody is nobody, but my neighbor, that's somebody. And somebody, as you know, can be very difficult to love. My neighbor, that somebody, is the guy that's playing loud music late at night. He's the one that keeps his yard dirty and drives the house prices down for the rest of us in the neighborhood. The neighbor is the one that uh, fights too much and yells too much. Your neighbor is the couple across the street that everyone knows is having an affair. Your neighbor is that person on Facebook that's always bragging about how great their life is and making you feel like yours is less because of it. Your neighbor is the driver who doesn't signal before he changes lanes. Your neighbor is the person that the car that pulls out in front of you and then goes way too slow. Your neighbor is working with you in the office, and you know he's spreading malicious gossip about you. Your neighbor is the parents of the school bully that won't leave your child alone. That's your neighbor. That's the person God tells you to love. But everybody, well, who loves everybody? There's a furniture maker in Sweden. There's the, the farmer in Zimbabwe, the, the trader in Beijing. It's easy for me to love those guys. They don't bother me at all. They don't bother me one bit. But that guy sitting next to me in Starbucks who's talking to someone on his speakerphone, like really, really loud, he's a lot harder to love. Why? Because I know him and I have to interact with that guy. To love everybody that requires nothing to love my neighbor. It's the hardest thing in the world for me to do. Loving my neighbor is also the most impactful thing that you can do in this life. The most powerful thing you can do in this life to change this world. You know, there's a lot said these days about the division in our nation. And it seems that every year we're fighting a lot more. 
And it seems that everybody is taking one side or the other. And when you stand on one side, you're for your people and you hate the people on the other side. Whatever it is that other side is, they're the bad guys, you're the good guys. And that divide gets greater and greater every single year. And the animosity grows fiercer and fiercer with every passing year. And there's a lot of people that have talked about what the cause is of this division. And there probably are many causes. But I think the greatest reason for all the division and hatred in our nation is because we do not respect this command anymore to love your neighbor. To love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's been replaced with love everybody. But you see, love your neighbor is a a specific command. It's to a specific person at a specific time and a specific place. Whoever it is you are surrounded with, whoever it is the people you find yourself around, that's your neighbor. That is who you are called to love. And that's been replaced by this ephemeral command to love everybody that ends up being nobody. That makes no demands on your life at all. I'll say one more thing about the everybody and the neighbor thing, okay? And this, this to me seals it, okay? I can throw a brick at your head and still claim that I love everybody. You really can. Because first of all, I'm doing it for the sake of everybody. Because you're the somebody on the other side of whatever divide we're on. And I'm trying to do this for the good of everybody. And if I throw a brick at your head to do it, well, then so be it. That just shows my love for everybody. And also you can say, I do love everybody. I just don't love you. But I love all the other 7.9 billion people in the world. So, yeah, that kind of balances it out pretty good. However, on the other hand... There's no way that I can treat you with hatred and violence and still make a claim that I'm loving my neighbor. So what does this have to do with Christmas? What does this have to do with putting Christ back in Christmas? Well, I want to tell you something about your neighbor that you might not know. And this could be the worst neighbor that you have, the most irritating person in your life. That one individual that you can't stand more than anybody else. Did you know that he or she is the reason we have Christmas? That's right, it's true. That rotten, sinful creature who lets his dogs dig up your flower beds, he is the reason why Jesus had to come into the world. Now, of course, to your neighbor, you are the rotten, sinful creature that made Jesus come into the world. If we're being honest with ourselves, Jesus came into this world because, well, the, the world is full of rotten, sinful creatures just like us. But that's really only half the story. It's only half the story that Jesus was born Because we are sinners. And the other half is just as important as that first half. Yes, Jesus did come into this world and was born because we are sinners and we couldn't save ourselves. But the other half of that is Jesus came into this world because he believed that people were worth redeeming. I want you to think about that. 
Jesus believed. No, it's not enough to say Jesus believed. He knew. Jesus knew that people were worth it. That we all were worth the effort. Jesus would not have gone through all the effort and the pain of the incarnation, his suffering, his death, his humiliation, unless it was worth it. Yes, Christ was born to save your neighbor from his sins. Christ was also born because your neighbor was worth it. See, when Jesus did this, when he gave us the gift of his life, he was affirming the great value of human life. He was affirming the value of all human life. He was letting us know and reminding us there is nothing more valuable that we have on this planet than each other. That we, all of us, your neighbor, even the annoying ones, the most valuable resource here on planet Earth. And I think we've forgotten that. I think we've forgotten how valuable people are. And because we've forgotten how valuable people are, it's distorted our values. And with distorted values, we have distorted lives. Because we've forgotten how valuable people are, we've done silly things like choosing politics over people. Or choosing ideology over people. Or even choosing theology over people. Because we've forgotten that people are more important than any or all of these things. And these things are important. Things like politics and ideology and theology and morality. These are important. Politics matters. I can't get up here and tell you not to feel strongly about politics. I'd be wasting my breath and I'd be a hypocrite because I feel strongly about politics. But the reason politics matters is because it affects people. Because politics is about people's lives and that's why it matters. But if you hate somebody because of their politics, you're missing the point. Because politics is important because people matter. Even all of our morality, our our systems of right and wrong, of sin and righteousness, it matters. But it matters because it affects human life. And it matters because it affects people because sin is like drinking poison. But to hate somebody because they sin, you're missing the point. We teach right and wrong. We teach sin and righteousness because it helps people. So to hate the people you're trying to save, it defeats the purpose. It makes you a hypocrite. And hey, what's even better now? You're drinking the poison. So what good are you doing to anyone then? Because of this, we know that to celebrate Christmas is to celebrate the sanctity of human life. To celebrate Christmas is to celebrate the sanctity of all human life. And that is how loving one another puts Christ back in Christmas. God became man because human life was sacred enough. Human life was valuable enough that he gave his life gave his dignity he gave his honor he gave all of that to save us
And this is why loving one another is essential to restoring Christ to Christmas. Because loving one another is that's how we value each other. Loving one another is showing that we value one another. Loving one another is having those right values deep in our heart which arrange all our other values. That's what loving one another is all about. That's why we love people more than we love objects because people are more valuable than objects. We love people more than money because people are more valuable than money. We love people more than politics. We love people more than status, more than class, more than race, more than theology, more than vaccine status. Because people are more valuable than all those things put together. That's why we love people more than anyone except for God alone. Because he is the most valuable of all. So the best way to put Christ back in Christmas, the best way to celebrate this holiday as it was meant to be celebrated, to love one another. And this is the night to do it. Now, of course, I would not be a good preacher if I didn't remind you, yes, you're supposed to do it every day. You're always supposed to love one another. You're always supposed to love your neighbor as yourself. But tonight is the night we remember to do so. Tonight is the night we remember how important it is to love one another. Because this is the night when the light shined out in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. This is the night when the shepherds gathered in the dark, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And looking to the sky, heard an angel proclaiming, I bring you good news of great joy. This is the night when wise men saw a star blazing with glory in the east. This is the night when a young peasant girl gave birth to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. This is the night when God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whosoever shall believe in him shall not die but have life eternal. What better way, I ask you, to put the sanctity back in this holiday, to put Christ back in this celebration, than by loving one another as he has loved us. It's by this that you will have a Mary, you will have a Holy, and that you will have a Christ-filled Christmas. To God be all the glory forever and ever. Amen.